Hello everyone and welcome to Season 3, Episode 11 of Full Kid Banter. You're joined by me, Sash, your host for this evening. And yes, once again, Pascal is not able to join us. But fret not, he will be back next week because I think it's safe to say that the uh, frequent transfer of ownership of Liverpool Football Club has finally ended. You know, we were all prepared and by all we meant like the neutrals and everyone that is not Liverpool affiliated. We were all prepared for a new transfer of ownership from Saka to one of the Manchester City boys but you know, football's a funny old game, the ball is round and Liverpool actually emerged 1-0 winners against the rampant Haaland and his Manchester United teammates. City. And so joining us today... Oh, sorry. (laughs) Manchester City. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for correcting me, Nathan. I didn't want it to be yet another error For a moment, I was thinking Haaland at United? Mm, I'll take Mm. it, but... (laughs) Yeah, probably in like a parallel universe. But, you know, joining me once again is... yes. Nathan, our Manchester United correspondent, as well as a very happy BK, hey. of course, our Arsenal correspondent, and a pretty dejected uh, <laughs> Manchester City correspondent, yeah. Lionel. Yeah. So, uh, how are you guys, man? Before we, we get into the uh, football talk, how, how's your weekend, man? Oh, uh, I'll, I'll start by saying yeah, that yeah. I'm just glad that there were so many matches. Um, it was a mm. bit hard to watch them all, but it was a a really good football weekend. Um, and that aside, yeah, I mean, uh, a nice kind of chill weekend for me. So, chill weekend plus football is a is a great weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pretty much same. I was glad to m- watch um that many matches going on at once. Uh, hard to keep mm-hmm. up, but it was a good weekend. Yeah, that, um, like we we're talking off stream, you actually had to like open up two different uh links right yeah or rather yeah. you had to watch it from yeah. two different screens yeah two yeah. different matches and two, two different, different matches that thank, is... thank god the arsenal match was delayed i didn't manage to catch the chelsea <laughs> one but we'll get to it in a bit uh yeah we'll get into it soon and uh uh lino footballing aside how was your weekend man? <laughs> i mean the, i mean i mean the weekend was great you know uh had the cool weather and all uh, enjoyed it great food and uh, but the weekend didn't wrap up as well as I expected it to be um, I really think we'll yeah, get to that later but uh, yeah expected it to end on a high but you know sometimes life gets in the way you yeah. know sometimes uh, a certain fraudulent Egyptian had like finally broke off the shackles of his poor form and managed to get a winner at Anfield and well mm. since we're on the topic let's just Talk about the elephant in the room. Well, um, it's fair to say, in the build-up to Liverpool versus Manchester City, I'm sure it's not just, you know, the neutral fans, but even Liverpool fans, right? Like, building up to this game, they lost to Arsenal. They, you know, previously drew 3-3 with a Brighton team. Yes, they did beat Rangers 7-1 away, but then again, as the neutrals would say it, it's only Rangers who have that uh, Scottish league tax. And so Liverpool fans would have been, you know, kind of validated for being very pessimistic when it comes to their prediction of what is going to happen at Anfield. You know, some of them, they're predicting a total whitewash. You know, City is going to come up to Anfield and totally slap them on their asses, uh, totally shove them in between the sticks. Uh, you know, the predictions of 3-0, 4-0 to, to Haaland, not just Man City. Like, people were predicting Haaland to just score a hat-trick again. And, yeah, and, and, know, and, and I think that number <laughs> went up to like 5-0 when uh, the lineups came out and James Milner yes. was playing right back. Mm-hmm. And I did mention it offline in the chat to like Pascal. And I did say that, does Klopp not remember what... Because Foden was up against Milner. So I, I told him, did... did Klopp not remember what Foden like kind of did to, to, to Milner the last time both of them faced up against one another. But um in classic uh, I mean it's just my opinion. Um in classic pep fashion, right? Yes, I know the the, the lineup on Sofa score, you know, Charlotte Sofa score, it it showed that Pep lined up in a four kind of a four three three formation. But in actual fact, right, like I noticed during the match or rather when the match played out 
Foden was all the way at the left-hand side and I was wondering, why is he so far out wide and he's always very... um, Foden's a very direct player. But in that match itself, he kept... Whenever he received the ball, he kept passing it backwards to Eke. He kept passing it backwards to Rodri. He didn't really run at Milner, which was kind of a head-scratcher because if you're going to put Foden up against Milner, right, you're going to want to run him ragged because Milner... He's a he's a footballing legend, right? But at his age right now, he should not be anywhere near the starting eleven of Liverpool. We've kind of said that on the pod repeatedly because his legs have gone. Yes, he may be a good presence in the dressing room, but physically, he's just not at his peak anymore. And Foden being so passive with his... I, I don't know whether if it's Pep was the one who instructed him to do so, but... He he didn't really do it for me in terms of... He didn't really test Milner enough. And he was playing so far wide, so it's so weird. And I think Pep kind of gave Liverpool too much respect. He kind of played a back five because Cancelo and Foden were hold, like basically had chalk on their boots. They were holding the wings... Or basically, they, they were kind of like um, stretching the play so far, right? But in terms of Foden, right? Why you want him is near, in and around Haaland to play someone so that they, they can have this relationship, you know, play the one-two with each other, kind of bounce off each other. But Haaland was kind of pretty stranded on his own and the only player that he could play off of was Gundogan. And yeah, like um, there were certain moments of, of brilliance where Haaland got in and behind, but ultimately it wasn't good enough because the shots that Haaland took, I think Allison he also Allison did pretty well. Like you're gonna have to give him credit. He he did he did. I I would say he made yeah. good good few saves. Yeah, but I think that dynamic between Foden and Haaland, which was kind of, you could see it was it was a budding thing, like from match to match, but it wasn't evident at Anfield and. Yeah, I, I think Klopp kind of got a number on, on Pep, man. I mean, I've said enough, so uh, Lionel, what's your take of the game? Yeah, I think you did quite quite a bit in summarizing uh, my thoughts. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, City has been uh, taking the lead by storm for the first couple of games. We've been, we have been uh, unbeaten until yesterday. And I think it's because um, of the way we have been playing, you know, 4-3-3, smooth, uh, smooth-flowing football and everything. But this time around, yeah, uh, I think what you mentioned, which uh, was quite frustrating to me, was that Foden was kind of playing as like a wing-back on the left. And um, I mean, when, when Klopp gives you um, James Milner on a platter at right-back, you have to make him run and sweat out for the ball. But that was not like what I'm not sure whether it was a Foden thing or it was under Pep's instruction, but Foden, whenever Foden got the ball, he kept dropping dropping deep. And that that's like not capitalizing on the entire James Milner situation. So he made James Milner look like, hey, actually he's doing a pretty good job in in the absence of Trent. Um I, I honestly think that City didn't have a bad game yesterday, but I could tell that um City were quite nervous, especially when um, going to the cop and then hearing the the noisy f- uh, Liverpool fans chanting and all, maybe it could uh, affect have affected their psyche. But I think you know it was quite evident that players like De Bruyne yesterday wasn't at their very best. I could see that certain passes by like Cancelo were quite off, and you know he was kind of responsible for the goal. But uh, I think on a whole, City did a pretty decent performance. It's just except that I, I didn't see that f- I didn't see that flare or spark that that City ha- showcased like in the past few games where they were hungry to score goals, they were hungry to dominate the game. City looked very very um like they were taking the back seat and trying to defend against Liverpool. It's like City were playing for a point, even when uh Salah scored that goal, City didn't really show like they wanted to win the game. They looked like they were scared. So um. I, I I think, you know, the game week 12 is going to be a blank for them. I hope that when game week 13 uh, starts this weekend, uh, things will be back to the original state of free-flowing football. And I could tell that Haaland was pretty um, pretty frustrated la, having to go up against 
uh, Van Dyke and Gomez, which I will give credit to, Gomez really did a good job in mm. containing uh, the Norwegian animal. But yeah, I, 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 would, I would say that um, honestly, this formation wasn't really good. Lah. Like, because Foden is playing at a position that it's not his best. Like, we, Pep couldn't bring the best out of him and it was quite frustrating for as a City fan to to watch this game, lah. I would say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking about De Bruyne, right? I kind of felt, you know, before I bring uh Nathan and BK in with their thoughts, I kind of felt that um De Bruyne was kind of played in that deeper midfield two pivot, which it's clearly not his best position because where you want De Bruyne is out and about and that on the right hand side. But I think. Bernardo kind of occupied that position where whereas uh, Gundogan as well, he he was given that free uh, mm. role where he could just join the attack whenever he wanted. Which is so strange because like up till that match, right? City have been so good on the ball. They've been pretty free-flowing and that is when uh, Foden was playing as a left forward and when KDB was given that right-hand side uh, of the midfield tree. But once again, Pep being Pep in a big game, I think it's because he's playing at Anfield, so he wants to be a little bit more defensive, which is the only reason why I think he kind of played in that 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 five at the back formation with um, Rodri and KDB in, in the midfield pivot. But it's just so strange. But as much as um we give slack to, to we give flag to Pep, we have to praise Liverpool because Club got his spot on, you know, Van Dyke being much maligned this season. He did pocket Haaland, like uh we just have to say it. Gomez, he he did really well. I think in my opinion, he was my man of the match. And James Milner as well, you know, pretty much a laughing stock in uh football, but he really did well in in, in at Liverpool and of course the man of the moment, Mohamed Salah, a person who was labelled as finished by you know, not just me, but many other uh, neutral fans as well. And I must say, he really troubled Cancelo. And mm. that goal, wow, that is just typical Salah, right? And uh, yeah, Nathan, BK, um, what, what do you think, man? Like, are Liverpool back? Is the Liverpool that everyone has mm, been fearing for I the past three years back again? Liverpool, right? They, they went into this game with, um, with not much to lose. And it's it's kind of funny to say that because you think that um just last season they they knew that you know if they didn't win these sort of matches um these are the closest hit to hits to get them uh fighting for the title, but in this kind of game where you look at the position that they were at, they could really have the freedom and to just go out there and and just have a have a go at City and that's exactly what they did. They were really aggressive, um which we knew that they would be, but. Uh, I didn't expect just the levels. I think you could almost see th- the difference in uh in the mentality as well as the approach for the game. Um, Lionel said it quite rightly. He said that City was scared, but yet City still being City, they dominated possession. They were much better in moving the ball and holding on to the ball. And in a weird way, um, I- and I could see this happening because I see it a lot of times with United. Uh, Liverpool played the counter-attacking team, right? And then they were... That was their game plan to kind of soak up pressure, press them, and then hit them on the break. Um, and they did that countless times in the second half, especially. And one nil really kind of doesn't flatter, um, Liverpool because they they could have gotten three or four at the end of the game. So, yeah, it was a, it was a very interesting game. Uh, I thought it was very fiery actually. Some of the tackles were going in really hard, and um. And it, I think it didn't help that the pitch was mm-hmm. a little wet. So the yeah. Thiago one stands out to me as well. Where he he, he looked like he didn't want to tackle and he went right through the guy. Uh, and Oh no, Pep, Pep might... Oh uh, no, Pep. Uh, Klopp might complain that the pitch is too dry, <laughs> which he did against. So, you know, just just saying it out there. <laughs> that was... And, and I thought uh, Pep would almost get sent off as well because when the goal was disallowed for Haaland, yeah. he started like, uh, you know, with his like... His whoa, antics whoa, whoa, whoa. on the on the. What do you guys line. think about that? Is is that uh? Because I saw on the Arsenal side something like that got happened. Uh, I mean, not a goal, but like another freak show, which we'll get to. But um, well, what do you think about that? Is that in or out? 
I think as long as you're not the Wait, you're talking about the antics on the touchline or like whether there was a fall? No, no, the the the, the Harlan one, Harlan. Oh, the disallowed go. The yeah. okay, the go because uh, he put um I think yeah. Bobby shirt right. Yeah. Or oh, Fabinho. Fabinho, right? Yeah. Uh, Fabinho. Yeah. Um, mm, I think it's it's only because that pull of the shirt was in the same phase of play where it led to the go though. It was much earlier in the phase of play, but. Nowadays, VAR has the ability to go back a few steps so you could see things leading up to the goal. The The part that I'm not clear about is how far back can you go. But at this point, it went back to still look like it was part of the same phase. Mm. Like the ball was still moving after that tackle. Then, not the tackle, after he pulled his shirt, the goal was scored. So I can see why. But um, in that game alone, there were so many other... Um, Pulling off shirts. I think this is one of the topics. I think there was one where Bernardo uh, was pulling the shirt of Salah as well, but that wasn't given. So it gets really quite... Um, it's it's a bit inconsistent, but I can see why as well, because uh, <laughs> my perspective on this yeah. is that he was pulling the shirt of Salah, but Salah was all the way at the corner. It wasn't a goal-scoring opportunity, hence um, VR, since it's not a clear and obvious error, it's not a red card offence. Uh, they would they wouldn't step in. But in a goal attempt, they would and then hence that's why it, it mm-hmm. got put into effect. So yeah, it's it's a little bit of a weird one, but I would say VR got it right. But then again, was it a bit soft? That's another question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't know if you guys watch it, but Bernal Silva was uh interviewed post match and uh the reporter actually asked him about his view on uh, the uh, ruling out of the goal because uh, of its, uh, I think the shirt pulling on uh, Fabinho by Haaland. And then Bernardo, obviously, because he's pretty uh, fed up with, with, the, uh, with the ruling, he said that, oh, the reason why that happened was because, you know, at the start or rather in the first half, uh, there was a lot of uh, physical contact, you know, a lot of pushing and shoving in between, between the Liverpool and Man City players. And the referee, who is Anthony Taylor, the, the bald fraud, uh, didn't really uh, blow up on a lot of fouls. And so I think it kind of set a precedent in, in the Man City and Liverpool players' minds because oh, it's pretty uh, much of a rough housing right now, but the referee is just letting the game go on. So I think he, he understands the magnitude of the game and he's kind of letting all these little physical contacts that uh, would normally be kind of blown up for a foul in other matches he's kind of just letting it go mm. and because of that I think the City players you know, in their mind they say okay we can be a little bit more physical but then the exact same thing happened on right, the, in going circling back to like the uh, topic on hand the Haaland shirt pool against uh, Fabinho and it's because that led to a goal right which is the reason why I think Anthony Taylor was a little bit more flippant on the decision and Bernardo Silva he said that you know you have to see a bit more consistency in all this type of decision making because if in the first half you're letting all these things go and in the second half you're gonna you know bring this up to a VAR because this led to a goal then it's not really consistent refereeing anymore which is I, I do agree with him on that because if you allow all these things in the first half and you're not going to allow this in the second half because it leads to a goal or a major decision, right? Then you're not being consistent at all and... You're just confusing the players, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think what would have been nice is if we actually saw VAR tell Anthony Taylor to go have a look. He does and then he decides to stick by his decision and just be like, it's yeah. still a goal because I've allowed this this level of of contact yes. up to this point. That would yeah. have been nice to actually see the ref not cave into VAR just because... It's VAR. Mm. And and we've been saying it over countless weeks and episodes that VAR has gotten it quite wrong on, on many sort of occasions. So, um, yeah, I think it was... That was just one of the... It could have been a mm-hmm. uh, show of what the referee can do. But in the end, he kind of caved in. And, and so, it didn't help the Man City cause. Mm. But up to that point, right, I felt City was still kind of in control. Um, they weren't really... Um, testing Allison that much but it didn't look like they were gonna let the game slip from my perspective at that point in time so <laughs> what happened at the end yeah. where it became almost like after the goal and then Liverpool were just flooding forward consistently mm. constantly at that mm. point 
City just looked a bit shattered and, and confused and felt like yeah. the game had gone. So, yeah. yeah. I think I think that goal by Salah just killed all momentum and you could see in the players' faces, they're like, oh man, we've dominated so much and all, you know, nothing, all you right? need is just one, yeah, one smash and grab. Because I think Liverpool, they really did smash and grab. Yeah, it was route one. But then again, yeah, really route one, like, like you, you don't need to beat the press if you can just bypass it with a long ball. And um, I, I, I think the game should have finished with more goals, not just the one nil to Liverpool. But Darwin Nunes, man, <laughs> just, just square the ball, dude. Like, what? Can you, you guys saw what happened, right? Like it was a three on one or three on two. It almost and happened Nunes twice. Just, I think there were almost twice. This yeah, happened. Yeah. Like all he needed to do was just pass the ball across to Salah or was it Shota or Firmino mm. but he didn't need <laughs> nah man nah man he needs to get his confidence boost no that's the problem I thought he was confident he, he's trying to score to get his confidence back he should just like get that out of his head and just play the game like in that moment the the he took the the worst option of like two or three options that he could have done the, mm. the obvious one was square in Salah the other one would be mm-hmm. to wait a while and let Jota open a little bit more and then play in Jota mm-hmm. or get himself into a better position. But in the state, he takes a hurried shot straight into the defender. It's just like, it's the worst decision-making we've seen. Well, he's <laughs> he's young and raw. So <laughs> I guess that is an excuse. Oh God, okay. <sighs> BK, how about, how about you before we uh? I didn't on? watch the full game. I watched the highlights. I watched the first half. Uh, I mean, it was exciting. I mean, good match for the neutrals. Uh, I I honestly thought, like what you guys said, it should be a bit more high scoring. I also did think that Liverpool was a bit lucky to have got away with the win. Uh, I mean, granted, both teams had, had their moments. Man City was just lacking by a bit. Uh, unfortunate, maybe like what you said, like Pep outplayed himself Uh, just... Pep doing Pep once again, right? Uh, but you you know a win is a win. Uh, I don't think it was a massive win for Liverpool. It will help them, uh, in their morale or whatever it is. But they they still need to come back stronger from this. And and God, they just they they lost Jota as well, right? If I'm right, mm, like from an injury. Yeah. I don't remember him limping uh, off. I don't, I I don't know. Was it like somewhere that? I ro- read that he did get hurt I saw him get hurt yeah he was stretched off yeah that's why I was like I I, I don't know uh, whether that's gonna be a good thing or not Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah I mean a win's a win take all the points you can get especially for these hit to hit matches uh, so yeah. you know it, it is what it is and you know good, good for me cause like uh, there's more of a point cushion <laughs> just annoyed that Spurs is at the back of that with as well yeah, I mean, well, a loss to City and a win for, of course, the uh, team they're going to talk about soon, Arsenal. Is, things are going good for Arsenal, man. Uh, sitting pretty at the top with a newly opened four-point gap between first and second. So, uh, BK, I'm sure you're still pretty much a down-to-earth Arsenal fan, but right now, hey, hey, yo, do you think... I'm just gonna say. Do you think you are like the closest challengers to Manchester City based on what has happened in eleven game weeks of the season so far? I would like to believe so, but I mean I almost shed bricks for that match, okay. I'm not gonna lie. And Pascal Pascal, I mean we were we were all uh chatting on the thing and yeah, I mean his bro was shitting bricks as well. They were they're in New York, right, uh-huh. watching the match. Get, uh, yeah. yeah, I guess yeah. so. They were like in a bar. Yeah, yeah, but man, like a I, Liverpool, <laughs> New York supporters. I swear, bar. I was like, look at the match. I, the first half was like mm. relatively all right. Like I'm, I was quite convinced we would get more. I mean, we'll get the win, but like when the second half began and like Arsenal was scrambling at some point of time, and I was like a bit confused because we 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 done well in the first half, and then the second half mm. like Leeds almost had it. Uh. We we were just I don't know lackluster. Uh, the the press or we were playing too high up. Leads were always on the counter, and they had good amount of possession as well. And I was like, I I I didn't really know what was happening at that point because uh, I don't know Arsenal just didn't seem themselves 
and 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 then all of a sudden we had that red card incident of like Gabriel and uh, was it Foden or no no yeah, yeah, uh, Brentford Brentford I I think <laughs> what happened man Brentford shoved Gabriel and then Gabriel turned around I mean I mean he was on the floor and I don't know whether he stretched his leg out and slide I air quote slide uh you know when you're on FIFA and your player's down and then you press slide and the guy just like slides the the, the player oh, and, and then he got red okay. card for that tackle and then I was like it's like you like you accidentally hit the square yeah, yeah. button and then right? I freaked out I was like that, uh, what in the slide. world like I, I thought it was a foul for Gabriel and then I was like no it's a red card I was like what what's <laughs> happening and then the worst part was that this whole thing which were which is weird because Nate was just talking about how long the play is gonna be let on until the foul is looked at, right? So this that was what happened. Mm. Like the whole play was going on until it went out, and then all of a sudden, Gabriel got red card. I was like, "What even is? What the hell is happening?" Uh, so there was a few minutes uh-huh. of saga there. Wait, and who then, who awarded the red card? Was it VAR? Uh, no. So the ref gave the red card, and surprisingly, VAR okay. came to the rescue, because. <laughs> Oh wow! So it's like two ends of the yeah, spectrum. Yeah, I, I mean, the first time the... I only backed VAR on that because, yeah. like, I I was wondering because, like, he gave the red card and then after a while he decided to go to VAR and I was like, what? Shouldn't you have looked at? Granted that the play was that long already, right? Shouldn't you like mm-hmm. if you're gonna pause the match, you pause the match and then you go look at VAR and then you make the decision from there and then, which was what did not happen. So he gave the red card and I think a huge mm. debate VAR and then he saw that Bamford kind of pushed him which made him fall in the first place mm. and he just turned around and uh. I think stuck his leg out. I mean, I don't know whether there was malice or not. I, I, I couldn't tell but I mean, it's also quite weird for a defender to also like just kick someone in the penalty box, right? It's just leading nowhere. So it was a bit like and then he got a yellow card and then the penalty was given and I remember you were like uh. writing the chat uh, Bamford only scores in what empty stadiums. Oh no, that wasn't me. <laughs> who, who wrote that? Someone. Oh, that was Pascal. Someone that was Pascal, wrote that, yeah. and then I was like, "Oh shit!" I mean, <laughs> I, I I I was shitting bricks at that point of time, and I was like, "It's that it's it's not yeah, wrong." It <laughs> I guess it wasn't wrong. Uh, but yeah, we mm. got away with that. We got away with that. Uh, the last, the last yeah. thirty minutes was tense. Mm. Uh, we, I I ideally hope that we would get away with more. Tactically, I I think Leeds might have deserved that draw. Like, I I I might admit, if not for Ramsdale, I Saliba kind of slipped there, and then Gabriel with his weird ass tackle in the box. So we we could have dropped points easily for that game, but magically we we ran away with that one nil, and you know, as well City dropped three points. So. I don't know how they all oh, that yeah, happened. Ben- Benford also missed a penalty. Yeah, right? like he's he kind of wow. That yeah, was... so I I don't know. Y'all y'all are lucky. Yeah, yeah, man. the stars aligned. <laughs> so like I so I was going to get to this like Michael Owen was like on on uh, I can't remember what it was and then he was like oh yeah Arsenal is going to pull another Leicester if this keeps up. I was like no don't don't say it, just don't say, it. just like just almost did but you didn't. Yeah, just so. I didn't, yeah, I didn't catch the match, but from your explanation of it, it kind of sounded that it was a pretty ropey match, and you guys clung on. I'm sure BK, your your butt must have been clenching extremely man, the hard. Whole, the whole second, extremely sweaty. The but whole second half, man. Yeah, managed to get the three yeah. points. So, who, in your opinion, was your man of the match? Might have been Ramsdale. Uh. Saka scored a brilliant goal. Uh, Martellani, I think he was just overplayed or overmarked. He he tried. I I, I could see he tried, mm-hmm. but the physique of uh was it Sheik? I I I wasn't sure whether it was the centre back or the right back that was marking mm-hmm. him quite tightly. I think he did well on the second half. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we kind of lacked something at the front. Jesus as well was uh I think it was a uh, over. When, when on the first half we were fine but on the second half we didn't seem to have that control or that uh creativity or whatnot and I was a bit worried that like Leeds would really knock one in which they almost did and mm. if you ask me man of the match I would say would have been Ramsdale yep I think also 
there were reports that uh, Jesus was nursing an injury and he could have missed the match, but maybe Ateta kind of wrapped it up in cotton wool and said that, okay, um, we need you to play because we're not sure what's going to happen between Liverpool and Man City. You know, either teams could slip up. I mean, Man City could slip up and drop points, so we kind of need a W this uh, game week. And, you know, you're our best striker. We're going to need you to play if we're going to get the three points. And although he didn't have have made much of an impact, but, you know, a, a win's a win, man. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you got to... Yeah, you, you, you got to get it um, even though you're not winning, which is the hallmark of champions. Yeah, and as well, I think Ramsdale deserves the man of the match because I think he literally put his nuts on the line, if I'm right, for one of the <laughs> attacks. So I've got to go give mm. the man that at least. But yeah, win is a win. I'm just glad that we got it. And, you know, it's uh n- now we have that comfortable cushion above number two and number three. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. take it as it is. Yeah, a win's a win, man. But just to move on, since we're on the topic of getting KG wins, right? A team that didn't or wasn't able to get a win. And in my opinion, from the highlights that I've watched, it wasn't really a KG match because there were opportunities for either teams. Uh, Manchester United versus Newcastle, man. Like, the previous episode, <laughs> myself, Cash, who is a Newcastle correspondent, and Nathan, we all predicted, like, a pretty high-scoring game at Old Trafford, be it, you know, high-scoring draws, or be it four trees to Manu or four trees to Newcastle. And in classic FKB fashion, not a single it goal became was a, scored. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did we all, did we all, new, did new we all watch the match, right? We all watched the match? Mm. Uh, I didn't, because I think I was kind of concentrating on the Chelsea what was match, Lino? which was happening L- Lino, was he watching in conjunction. Match? Yeah, I was watching the Chelsea game with my brother. Oh, damn. Yeah, this yeah. is why it's good that we have so many different fans so we can all watch different games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, to have our thoughts on yeah. it. So, yeah, Nathan. Um, yeah, Nate, let's go. A frustrating match, definitely for a United fan, but you can also heave a sigh of relief that it could have been a lot worse, right? Yeah, um... I think frustrating both for myself and for Cash as well because it's one of those games where the 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 game itself was quite um like it was balancing on a knife edge. You felt like after a while we thought that this would be a high scoring game, right? But as you were watching the game you suddenly felt like, Oh, it looks like whoever can nick a goal will win this game because the opportunities are not as um as apparent as you thought it would be. Um both teams had like chances but there were no real clear-cut chances um it wasn't even one of those games where uh, a lot of people missed sitters or what it was just kind of a lot of the, the 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 fight was happening in the midfield and then um yeah and then it we barely got chances i i have some opinions of the united team um i am not too impressed with with anthony being super like What's the term if you're not ambidextrous? He's just single-footed. He can only use very, the left yeah, foot. Yeah, very one-footed. Iron yeah. Robin. <laughs> but it's not like Iron Robin or Ryan Giggs where he has the ability to um, cross well or or take on people with a lot of speed. He's a tricky winger, but yet he's not a very speedy winger, if you get what I'm saying. So yeah. he kind of like... He, he kind of tricks people. Then he... Because they are a little bit off balance, he gets a few yards on them and then you quickly realize he doesn't have the pace to beat them and so he has to cut the ball back in and he did that so many times which was really frustrating because I thought he would he was the kind of guy who would have a lot of take-ons um, but in, instead he would trick around and then pass the ball back which is not great for the overall game so it was a little bit of a weird one for but, me but I felt like what was frustrating to me was Newcastle's uh, I, I don't know if it was just me, but like Newcastle's very early wasting of time. I felt that they had a lot of moments that they were just wasting time in the early game. Mm. Like there was a lot of like f- redundant fouls that they were just like, uh, you know, like United fouled them and they just like, uh, uh I'm on the floor. Yeah, they were like kicking the balls away and stuff like Re- that as well. Yeah, really early in the game and I was like, but they were attacking at the same time. So I was a bit confused because I was like, 
I'm pretty sure Newcastle's team at this point of time, like compared to a couple of seasons ago, they they, they could have nicked one and we 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 are going to that. Um Joel Linton, was it? He he mm. he he could have netted in the in the goal. I mean that was really lucky for United. Uh that, that that should have been, but obviously, you know, it is what it is. It hit the post twice. <laughs> yeah, we were just Shame. lucky. Um, Shame. The good the- thing about like uh Newcastle, like some of the the things that they have good for them is that their wingers are really like pacey. Um, I was quite impressed by Jacob Murphy, uh, as well as Almiron. They really, when you need ball carriers, these are proper like ball carriers. Like they'll take the ball from and run half the length of the field with the ball. Um, and that gives them the, the ability to get other players up the field as well. So they just carry the ball, hold it up there and wait for reinforce, uh, reinforcements to come. So yeah, I think some of the better chances and they looked a little bit more dangerous. They were playing with a bit more speed. United were a little bit more uh, slow in, in the build-up and didn't really have a lot of... Um, didn't make out of that a lot of clear chances. Um, but I think it it got a little bit better, I guess, with the introduction of of Rashford at the end. Um, I think did it yeah, we were so close to actually nicking a goal at the very end. Um, Central actually had a pretty decent game. Um, in not really by stats, but but visually, I think he he did quite well. Um, he was and and I think a big miss for us was Ericsson. So one of the things that we've seen is that mm-hmm. Ericsson really is the really is the really is. So in this one we had Bruno who was being classic Bruno, uh Bruno like Fernandes, not Gumaresh. Gumaresh actually had a pretty good game. <laughs> he did. He, did. he, he was did really everywhere. He was game. defending a lot actually because uh United had some chances as well. So um in the battle of the Brunos, I think Bruno Gumaresh won. But since we it was a draw, I guess nobody really won in the end. So, um, but he got subbed off oh, with an injury. Uh, did he? Oh, I didn't know that. Must I have, must have. According to Sofa Score, he he did, but I'm not sure how oh, severe the injury is. I didn't really see him hobbling is, off, so I guess it it didn't mm-hmm. look like a. Oh break. yeah, maybe he got it. Maybe uh, yeah, just like a, a caution later, or something. Yeah, he was a uh, mm. he. He did have one, I think. Um, a hard tackle and there were a lot of um like hate clashing uh, i think that there were a lot of injuries la. so i mean they were on the floor a lot um uh newcastle um so <laughs> yeah I, they, I, were, they were, right? they were on the floor was, a lot I but i mean to be <laughs> fair were, the tackles were. were quite hard but yeah i i think it was because yeah the, the second half it kind of looked like Newcastle were just playing for a point they were like, they were they were yeah, the better side in the first half they were and in the second half when they realised that they mm. that uh, United probably may uh, nick a goal they started to yeah time waste a little bit mm. because I don't think they could keep up that attacking pressure in the first half as well as in the second half so probably just mm. to conserve energy but then again, I look at it and I look at United as a whole and I think without Ericsson in the side, right? You guys don't really look like you can score goals in terms of... you. I mean, you mentioned before the build-up play was slow and Bruno wasn't really doing much in that game. So there's no one in the creativity department that you could rely upon because I know Ronaldo started and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it didn't seem like he had a lot of chances, right? Which is the reason why Ten Hag decided to bring him off and mm. kind of play yep. Rashford as a striker. And uh, yeah, like you mentioned, the the last minute, right, where, uh, who was it that floated across uh, in for Rashford? We all know that Rashford isn't really a good hater of the ball, but if you kind of swap personnel and Ronaldo was the one at the end of that cross, right? I think you kind of bet on your house on it that he would have scored a goal but yeah it, it's a shame that um, you know Ronaldo it's yeah we, we all can can admit that he is one of the goats of football but father time catches up to everyone Speaking even father time, players like Ronaldo it was so interesting to see like do you uh, think that as Alex yeah. was in the stadium as well giving him the, his like silver plate <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. kind of Alex, oh. like, he's, he looks old, man. I mean, 
the guy's a, a, a legend and all, but he mm. really looks like like ages. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he did have a was it a brain surgery? He looks all good in health, but a tumor? he just looks a bit old. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, going back to my question, do you think Ronaldo now he is, he he would be better as a super sub, you know, against all the tired legs of uh, opposition defenders because. I don't think he can keep up a full 90 minutes in the Premier League anymore mm. because it's like, what, 37, 38 years old Yeah, right but now? I don't yeah, think I mean, he's going to it's that, an right? ego like thing. Uh, I think we were just saying this right before we started recording. I, I feel like uh, if, in, in terms of a practical approach, um, as the game was wearing on and uh, everyone was sort of getting tired, I feel like if you were to introduce Ronaldo at like the 60th minute or the even like the 65th, 70th minute, that would be enough because Ronaldo is, and as like you rightly said, if he were there instead of Rashford, nine out of ten times you would bet your house on it that Ronaldo was scored because he's clutch. He's that kind of player where at the last moment when you need someone to nick a goal, it's likely Ronaldo. So, um, it's it's one of those things where I feel his ego wouldn't want him to be sitting on the bench. Like he doesn't want to be off the team sheet, because uh, of just who he is, but situation that we find ourselves in right now is that he doesn't he's not that effective from the start where other teams are pressing he's he's having to run a lot uh to try to uh, create opportunities so i think it's it's just one of those things where um if he can and and if ten hag is is wise to it i would think he would actually choose to start a fit martial instead or or rashford and then let ronaldo come off the bench but but then again, Martial is never fully fit. Like yeah, but which is if you get which two is, games out of him and he'll be gone for <laughs> exactly. Eight. It's mm. it's it's a very tricky situation because we've seen Martial this season when he has been fit and he's actually in pretty devastating form. Um, so if if I were the coach and I had a fit, uh, and all my players were fit, I actually think I would start Martial instead. Um, and then have Ronaldo come off the bench when everyone's tired and they're just starting to hoof balls in. And then he's the he's the guy you want in the box when you hoof a ball in. You don't want Rashford in the box, uh, when you when you're like trying to hook a ball in because he's he's just that's not his type of game. He he, he yeah, prefers ball. I, to I feet. notice Rashford always. Or, yeah, I always notice that Rashford whenever he hits a ball, he closes his eyes, mm, and uh, <laughs> which is why like you can't really control like the direction of your header when you do that. You just like basically close your eyes and hope for the best whereas Ronaldo he whenever he hits the ball right mm. he doesn't like he the, the ball goes where he wants which is usually at the back of the net yeah but yeah I agree that it's, it's not Rashford's game to hit a ball actually Rashford's yeah, mm. game is exactly like how Salah scored his goal against uh City like he wants this over yeah, the yeah. top ball that he can run into the space and then have, have all that ground the green grass in front of him to run into pick his spot and then slot it home um, with mm-hmm. with Newcastle sitting so deep and so compact, there was just no real chance for him to be very effective. Yep, yep. Um, so Agreed. yeah, so that was that was the game in a nutshell. Um, I do have a, mm. a like a note from Cash who said that uh his takeaway from the match was that he actually feels that United is much more improved. Um, and I think I can see that because looking at United from the other seasons, uh, we do look better. I would say. Um, and he's also said that uh, Newcastle are very different home in a way. Um, they really do a lot better at home. Um, the sur- back, back to being draw merchants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, are all the games on the road draws? No, I, 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 think so. I would have... Uh, but there, there was one where they drew against City, the 3-3 accelerating draw. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. they... It's not just a home and away thing. It's a Newcastle thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would have to say though, one thing I do want to pick up, I've, I've been listening to a lot of reports and like, I think like one of the problems could really, really be David De Gea. Uh, I just think his distribution and whatnot is, he, he's a top class goalkeeper in terms of saving and... Shot stopping. Yeah, 100%. Uh. But his distribution, I noticed there were like quite quite some presses by Newcastle, mm-hmm. and it, comparing this to Ramsdale, right? Because I was watching both of the match side by side. Uh, thanks to the delay, 
And I, I, I do really notice that there, there were chances where De Gea could have like passed it out or even like gave it to Varane, I think. There was that one instance, but I don't know why he whipped it out. And I, I just found it weird. And I think Ten Hag wants to play the Pep or Arteta thing that like, you know, they're goalkeepers or sweeper keeper of sorts, mm-hmm. comfortable with ball playing. And I do see this issue now that uh, quite a few people did mention about this. Yeah. Yeah, I think agreed. The, but we've always kind of known this too many times to, to be droppable. This is again exactly what we talked about last episode about rose tinted glasses. It makes it very difficult. Yeah, and they're also negotiating a new contract extension for oh, him. Yeah. Yeah, sorry to cut in, but that's what I've read in the uh Yeah. Papers. But what, what BK said was right. There were so many times where I was just yelling at him to like throw the ball. Or just pump it up for you because imagine like let's say Newcastle are up for a corner. Guess who's waiting at the halfway line to counter? It's Rashford, right? Like you're just begging for, for the hair to be like, just pump it up like Rashford will run into the space. Nine out of ten he can beat the guy. And then he will score. So it's so strange that David De Gea has this like he thinks so much and then in the end after all that thinking the delivery is still quite bad <laughs> by, by most EPL keeper standards. But it's like also weird because I wouldn't want to give Newcastle like corners or whatnot because like you have... Trippier was taking have, a lot like, of corners. Trippier, who's going to be the one taking corners and he did have quite a... Yeah. Yeah, and it was so Free risky. Like well. there was some smashing corners and just unfortunate no one was at the end of it. Yeah, it, it was crazy. But uh, I, I mean, thank God for your side that like nothing mm-hmm. happened on that end yeah but yeah I mean it, it, it's in just the end though it doesn't help us looking at the yeah, table yeah. I mean both of us could have used <clears throat> both teams a, a win would have done so much to get them into like challenging for that top four position they've more or mm-hmm. less just stayed where exactly where they are mm-hmm. and then the team above them uh, just moved a little bit higher which was uh, Chelsea right so wow right? pretty pretty smooth hey. transition man <laughs> <laughs> Fair play, but yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, since we're on, on the topic of uh, goalkeepers that are uh, good at shot-stopping, right? Bro, Kepa, man. Like, you gotta give the man credit. Like, where has this <laughs> revitalization came from? In the summer, he was being... Uh, he's being reported to move to like clubs like Valencia, like Sevilla, but he didn't. And uh, that was probably one good thing that uh, Tuko did this season was uh, retaining Kappa and not moving him along. Um, yeah, man. But, you know, before I give my thoughts on it, because uh, Lionel also watched the game together with me. Lionel, what, what, what are your thoughts about the, the game? I think especially Kappa, man, his, his performance. Because, like, um, before, before I, I leave the floor to Lionel, if... Kepa didn't perform the way he did in the first half. I kid you not, we would have been 4-1 down. <laughs> because uh, Villa was... They were destroying us on the flanks and whatever formation or, and personnel that the uh, Graham Potter kind of thought of, it didn't work because Sterling and right wing back should never be witnessed by any Chelsea fan anymore. Because... He is not a right wing back. He operates, or rather, he his skills are best used in the final third, where he's stretching plays and all that. But at right wing back, he's just a liability, and I'm sure Lionel agrees with me, right? Yeah, I I I mean, I was watching the match with you. Um, I it was quite absurd that Porter was playing. Uh, okay, three at the back is is I mean it's fine because they always had uh Reece James as the right back, but. I think in the absence of Rhys James, right, I think the first thing that it's quite noticeable is that the entire team looked very different. Like, there was there was no... It's a bit... Like, you can really tell that how much of a difference uh, Rhys James makes to the team. And without him yesterday, um, I think, like you said, la, Sterling at right wing back is, does not cut it, man. Like, um, I think in the entire first 45, I, I keep seeing, like, Bailey, Watkins, and Inks getting past all your defenders and charging towards the box. Yeah, so it was if it was if it wasn't like the heroics of Kappa, um, y'all would have been at least like two new. I think four one is a bit harsh, I don't know, but at least two new down. Um 
I think to me, uh, the man, man of the match yesterday was Kepa. Uh, um, he, his his saves were incredible. Like I mean, this was a player that uh was kind of um, um, crucified because of uh how he carried himself and in terms of his performance. But you know, Potter gave him a second chance, and I think it's really paying off well. Like I think his performance right now is like top level, and Mandy should be very worried. Um, to get his spot back because I think right now Kepa should be cemented in that starting eleven, and what a save he made in point blank range against Danny Ings, man. Not sure whether you recall that that shot, but that if was I, if I recall yeah. that shot, I was yeah. cheering, man. Yeah, that it was, was as good as a goal. It was it was yeah. as good as a goal. Yeah, yeah, that shot, man. That that shot and that save was incredible. Uh. Like I was, so, I think that was like the save of the weekend, man. Like, Safe of the yeah. season contender, dude. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's it's we are not even like um we are not even exaggerating how good the save was because it was really that good. Uh. If you have not watched it, you should uh take a watch. Yeah. But Nathan and that, BK yeah. uh, sorry, Nathan and BK, you haven't watched the highlights yet, right? I I've seen oh, the I I I did. I, uh, I only remember I have I, seen I, the save? Oh okay. I, I seen that seri- that series of save that like Villa like like there was I, I can't remember what timing there was but there was like a, Kepa did like some 4 save or 3 save shot in like 1 play like the, the save oh, we were talking damn. about was the Danny Ings point blank header but Kepa somehow, somehow clawed it from un, like like the shot was going in oh yeah oh, but he like clawed that, it from okay, underneath okay. the yeah, bar yeah, 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 he's yeah, like so. the, the, that, that meme <laughs> the meme goalkeeper cat you remember <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. yeah but but, but I was about to say that um, you know uh, another shout out would be to um, I think this we talk we can address the good ones first another shout out would be to Mason Mount man like he yeah uh, that's it <laughs> so she's yeah. he's no, not no, gonna no, perform no, next in, I think they, okay, I'm not gonna curse it but you know he, he has been having a poor season thus far but yesterday kind of showed um, what he can do um, I mean even Though you can argue and say that, you know, the first goal was cheap, the second goal was um, keeper kind of uh, shift his body the wrong way, but we have to acknowledge that, you know, Mason yeah, Mount is yeah. getting back into his groove and, you know, starting to find his rhythm. So, um, yeah, I think my bro is actually quite happy because, like, um, he's always had a liking to Mount, but, we, we I mean, it's like how Salah has been not performing well and suddenly getting a goal. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, we'll see. I I kind of not want to praise Mount, even though he done well, <laughs> because we all know how poisonous this uh FKB reverse curse is. So, uh, overall the team played well. First half was a bit jammy. It's a little bit because of the personnel, and uh, I think I have to put this as in our favorite segment is coming up soon. But habits, bro, like. You, you you gotta give me something to, to protect you with, man, because you, like like it, it's it's so sad to see him kind of waste his talent away and not being like an integral part of the team. <laughs> well Pascal was here, we yeah, know where they would be going, but Yeah, um Villa <laughs> were really, really unlucky to not score because Kappa was just like a god in that match and yeah, happy man. Um, was it four wins on the bounce, or was it five wins on the bounce? Like including the uh, Champions League win over Milan, and uh, just looking forward to what Potter can do. And oh dear God, please play players in the right position. Like the the <laughs> way Potter set up the team in the first half, it really gave me Tuchel vibes, man. And please, like Sterling at the right wing back should never be experimented on again because it's. He just doesn't look good at a wing back, man. But okay, moving swiftly on, Spurs, man, gotta give credit where credit is due. Yeah, they may play really ugly football, but uh, just to use it once again, um, they're like Sarah Jessica Parker, man, pretty ugly, <laughs> but uh, gets the job done, you know. Um, yeah, and I actually read that it's their their win over Everton is uh cemented their place. 
I mean, in, in terms of Spurs' history, right, because they don't really have one, uh, they kind of cemented their position, cemented hey, their yo. best ever start to a Premier League season in terms of uh, points tally. I think they are on 23 yeah, points it is, um, in uh, 11 games, or rather 10 games, yeah. because there was one blank yep. game week. And, uh, yeah, that's correct. I, I know we've much have been said about uh, Arsenal challenging... City as a possible title contenders, but we shouldn't disregard Spurs, man. Quietly doing the business, Kane scoring yet again. Like his record under Conte is pretty sick. Like I've read, they've played like thirty games under Conte. He's got twenty five goals and assisted seventeen goals. That is pretty sick, dude. Like goal contributions. It's That's sick. Like yeah, I, I, I got I mean, in we games. all don't really shit on Kane. Yeah, it's just mental, dude. Yeah, and yeah. Um, hmm. next game. Yeah, yeah. I, United. Yeah, United. Mm. Yeah. So I was, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say that as well. It'll be an interesting game to see, like, once again, whether Spurs step up on the big, you know, the big matches where. It, it it really matters like what we talk about the hit to hit against uh Liverpool and City as well you know United it, that will be a challenging task uh granted that United is picking up form as well yeah yeah I think it'll be a good match um Spurs are an interesting team they they've they've beaten us before and quite convincingly before as well so they have the the attacking players to do so um so it could be quite uh. Okay, I'm not gonna jinx it because <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a low scoring match, guys. <laughs> low mm, scoring match. Do you match. believe that? I, I, I need to believe, believe it so that no, the we have to works. do it candidly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, like, what uh, happens if like 3 0 Ronaldo Spurs, bro? I think Ronaldo will score, man. I truly believe it in my heart. <laughs> 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 Imagine, because of I this, he doesn't what? play at all, he just sits on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, just like <laughs> oh well, here we go. <laughs> Interesting, man. All right, uh, on to our most yeah, uh, our favorite watch, segment. Uh, um, so for the watch. the new listeners, uh, Frontwards is basically a segment where we kind of nominate players, uh, or it it could be um non football entities like uh, VAR or uh, FSG. You know the all right, yeah, FSG. Because, you know, they have not really lived up to the hype or the enormous transfer fees or, you know, previously, um, like in previous seasons, they were pretty good and kind of expect more of them this season. But, you know, they have not lived up to expectations. So for me, I'll just kind of start it off. Um, habits, bro. <laughs> what are you doing, man? Like. Like you're you're in the team, you're in the eleven, but it seems like we're playing with ten men. Ooh, really? Is it? And it, it hurts for me. It hurts for me to say it. Yeah, it hurts for me to say it, man. Like, um, I was discussing things with my bro, like um, leading up to halftime, and I told him things. Pausa needs to change things because it's clearly not working against Villa. And the two players that will bring out is uh, Cucurella because he was pretty bad in that left centre back position, and I will bring on Kolibali for him and. Havertz needs to be subbed off because Sterling needs to play in his position. And for the right wing back, we kind of need to bring on Aspiriqueta. Which was what Porter did. I don't know if uh, Porter is uh, spying on me or what, but that was the exact uh, switches that he made. And we look much better with Havertz off. And it pains me to say this, but Havertz, man, you, you gotta give me ammunition to fight for you, man. Because the... The French dick is coming back and if you continue to play this poorly, I I got nothing to defend you with, man. <laughs> I got I, I wanna say the easy one. I'm just right, I'm a bit lazy to right. find another fraud, so I'm just gonna take the easy route and say Darwin Nunes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't trust the ponytail guys. Can't trust guys with ponytail, man. Oh, just can't do it. As well, I was wondering no, who's no, gonna no, it's me, it's me. I watched that game and yo, he was more of a liability than he was as a mm-hmm. as, I mean, at that point it wasn't a liability because it wasn't like he was gonna give away a goal. But he could have sealed the game 
and he didn't he kept the game sweaty bum all the way to the end so I would I, it's Darwin Nunes for me the the decision making and stuff I mean we we did say that he needs time to settle um, but but some of these things look like uh, you know it's just classic striker instinct and he didn't really mm-hmm. have it so ah, in the gulag <laughs> yeah man uh who has nominees, man? I mean, it, it may not be like a footballing entity, but it could be footballing or it could be football related. Okay, I'm good. Yeah, BK, you uh, can go. F- I, I'm. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm gonna put like. I, I, I think this kind of went off the radar a bit. Uh, Gianluca Sakamaka? Skamaka? Skamaka? Yeah, yeah I, Skamaka. I, I think he went off the radar a bit for that, like, huge transfer fee. Man hasn't been showing up, man, for his position that he is. True. I, I really um, thought he would be whipping in a lot more. Um, I think he's been doing all, all right. All right, but I think mean, he's been West trying, la, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, don't I see no effort. I see effort, but no. Yeah, so, I don't know. I, I just hope that he'll be a bit more. Because, like, even West Ham's... I mean, last season's West Ham and this season's West Ham seems quite a bit quite the draft different I would say mm. uh, right now at the table as it stands definitely I I, I, I did thought they yeah. would get something over Southampton he's like a slightly better Darwin Nunes oh. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of uh, yeah. I mean I mean but that's mine uh, I hope he scores not, I hope not so. a yeah not a huge benchmark <laughs> to be compared to but <laughs> he, uh, at least he passes <laughs> shit <laughs> L- I think, okay, I'm, gonna no- I'm gonna nominate uh the electrician at Ellen at Ellen Road. <laughs> uh, yes, I knew. <laughs> How did the we electrician miss at this? Ellen Road. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for someone to pick it up. Oh, you, you got you guys saw the thing that I put on the how was it House City and Birmingham have their like yeah. postcard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, they had that guy as well. No, when, when I saw when I saw like the match was suspended, I was like, okay, maybe there's some sort of like um like somebody went to run the field, like fan ran the field or something. Then after in the end, they say it was like some uh power power shortage. Then I was like, huh? Did they like not pay the electrical bill or something? <laughs> then it was like postponed for like what half an hour or yeah, something. Yeah, man, right? exact same thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was delayed like forever. Yeah, because I think the payment the payment didn't go through, man. <laughs> what a joke! Like, what a joke. <laughs> like, how does that happen in like Premier League level? This is like Sunday League stuff, right? Or like non league stuff? Like you don't. You didn't tell your electrician to turn on the lights. <laughs> the the non leak like, the non leak stuff is really the the goalposts and the sawing. Wait, BK, you were watching, right? What <laughs> did the lights actually go off or something? No, no. So, so I I I when I caught on, like the stream just said like match suspended, oh, and then I was like, <laughs> what? Uh, like the same thing. The, the same thing. I thought like, oh, someone read a few, or like there was an emergency. So I went on Twitter straight, and then there was like no news. I was like. What? And then like I think like Leeds one was like or uh, was it Sky Sports or something and then said like electric and I was like what kind of like, sus, oh, sus reason so, Sorry is man we, we forgot to pay the electricity bills And That's then why I was like chatting you guys the next thing I know like half time I, like, I see the whole city shit and I'm like what the fuck is happening on the same day <laughs> Pretty uh, pretty weird weekend of football uh, for the non-football stuff I really thought the house city one was a bit sus because like like what was the goalkeeper like ah no man the the, the goalpost feels a bit big today though yeah so we're just gonna saw off the legs <laughs> no you know how, how uh, a lot of keepers they they, <clears throat> they hop up and down to try to reach the top of their goalpost imagine you, you're doing that you're just like wait how come I can't reach it today <laughs> yeah, yeah wait, I, 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 swear I, could, right, I swear I could I do this all the time <laughs> wait so I thought the goalposts, like they they remain there for the entire. I mean, I I'm sure they they switch it out. Um, when they cut grass, like maybe every eighteen games. But why why is this particular goalpost, or rather these two goalposts, taller than the ones in the previous week? Like, did they do they replace them every week or something? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, how like did someone like oh let's just replace the post or uh, pull a prank on the groundsman? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> or maybe. It has been like that since the start of the season. 
And they only caught it now <laughs> <laughs> But it's been like What 11 weeks Or 12 weeks In the new season Yeah and but who, who measures The goalposts Right Before a match <laughs> it's, it's a bit till, absurd Till right? then apparently <laughs> Apparently today yeah. Someone it's must have been Really looking at it And be like man. That's a, like a really big goal yeah, But it's like, weird right Cause like If you swap halves tall. On half time Your home side Kind of get that post right Either ways Oh right No but I thought both I thought both goalposts were Too tall Or is it just the The one uh, I, I don't know I, I, I didn't read that It would be more fraudulent <laughs> yeah, If it was just yeah. one side <laughs> Yeah then it would be like What the hell <laughs> Yeah But, but good, right, good nominees man, uh, good. That was a good nomination Yeah ec- Excellent lineup of uh, Fraudwatch nominees Like I think each one of them they they deserve their place in the gulags this week. But yeah, uh, once again, I uh, enjoyed recording this episode with you guys. Like to thank my uh, co-hosts Lino, Nathan, and BK, and of course uh, Pascal, who's in America, who will be joining us really soon, or rather next week. And of course Cash, who was unable to join us this week, but hopefully he'll be on next week to talk about um. Wait, was it Newcastle? Oh wait, it's a it's a game against Everton, and uh, uh yeah, I, I I think I would kind of, I may skip that one because don't want to curse it, but it looks like there's another <laughs> draw, another draw written all over it. But uh yeah, guys, if there's nothing much, um, I think we would gladly wrap up this episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. much from you guys. Yep. yep. Alright, then I would like to thank the listeners for joining us this episode. Uh, do follow us on our socials at uh, Full Kit Banter, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>